All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The first selection of the National Hockey League Draft belongs to... The Daily Faceoff Podcast comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL Draft. Gretzky had it, lost it, Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman holding the line, chance to... Face off. The Daily Face Off. The Daily Face Off podcast with your host, Brock Seguin. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to season four, episode 12 of the Daily Face Off podcast. I'm your host, Brock Seguin. We got Michael Beach Bondi. Beeps, how's it going? I'm all right. I'm, uh, I'm not as calm as I usually am. Uh, I usually do yoga before this, and I did today, <laughs> but I always have this girl who, you know, talks me through it. Today I walk in, it's this burly dude. And I'm like, all right, let's, let's fucking do this. So, uh, not very calm right now, Brock. All jacked up. <laughs> Christmas music is on. Do they Let's do, get it going. Do they do different workouts? Yeah. Uh, like, it's each his own, you know? Like is there no, like, curriculum that they have uh, to There do? is. Like, it's like a general, you follow it. So, like, he honestly was, like, one or two things different. But it's just a way <laughs> different voice. Like, I'm used to, like, a calm, sure, like, yeah. oh, yes, you're going to do this. Said so it's like, hey, guys, we're doing this today. <laughs> Fuck. Like, I was not. Just changed up the entire not idea. expecting this, yeah. I like to get, you know, a nice, calm, cool, collective... Right before a potter, set them all jacked up. So. <laughs> and Dylan G. Berthy, how's it going? I'm right. doing good. Did not do yoga before, but I feel 
even keeled right now. Yeah. <laughs> even keeled. <laughs> Pretty mellow. Yeah. Yogaless mellow, but still mellow nonetheless. Um, all right. Let's get right into it. Uh, pretty busy episode ahead, as usual. Shaker. Uh, lots to talk about, but since it's Monday, time to talk about last week a little bit. So, Beeps, we'll start with your yoga doing ass. DFO, stars of the week. Beeps, who you got? My yoga doing ass? Um... <laughs> I drove to my yoga. I didn't take an Uber. Um, unlike Matt Duchesne a couple months ago, he's my star of the week. And Matt gets mentioned, first off, for Imagine being... he paid attention in meetings, how much better he'd be. Right? But for one, he deserves a mention strictly because of that performance he put on in the Uber, leading the conversation um, against his terrible coaching staff. But uh, all jokes aside, Duchesne actually had a huge week last week. Two goals, five assists, for a total of seven points, which is... Tied for second best on the week. There's a couple guys who had eight um, plus six, which was kind of surprising from what a lot of people thought would be an extremely weak Ottawa team. 13 shots, and the biggest, biggest surprise for me 22 um, minutes of time on ice average last week across seven games. That's pretty huge for a forward. Shows that Ottawa's leaning on him. I'm going to step into him later once we get the uh, free agent pickups going, so I won't, you know, blast off too hard on Duchesne, but. You like. I Who would have thought that we'd be in a great week? Almost halfway through November here, and our two stars of the week, or two of our three stars of the week, would be playing for the Ottawa Senators. So I'll go next, D, since I've got Thomas. It's a great week. Shabbat. Um, so yeah, Shabbat had two goals, three assists, 21 shots on goal, and averaged 25 minutes and 48 seconds a night in four games. Averaged seven shots per game. Um, which is just outrageous. That's ridiculous. That's actually just ridiculous. Uh, that brings his total to... We love that. Yeah, it brings his total of five goals, which is tied for second among defensemen. 17 assists, tied for first among defensemen. 22 points, first among defensemen. Ridiculous. 53 shots, tied for fourth among defensemen. Also in, in that NHL. Uber ride. Yeah. <laughs> that thing was magic, man. Yeah, so he's been ridiculous. Um, I want to talk about Shabbat a little bit because we've been getting a lot of questions about uh, Shabbat recently and for good reason uh, yeah, was good. I was looking at it right before the podcast ESPN didn't even have projections for this guy um, I couldn't find if you haven't did like or did didn't not play last no yeah <laughs> I know um, we had him for uh, 12 goals and 41 points at this pace he's going to obviously blow that away when he's shooting 7 times a game uh, like he did last week but yeah. we've been seeing questions like would you rather have Eric Carlson or Thomas Shabbat uh, rest of the season? I just want to know how you guys feel. Um, D, we'll start with you about Shabbat right now. Like He's been uh, you know, a ridiculous pace early in the season playing, like I said, almost 26 minutes a night last week. Um, what do you think about him going forward um, with this obvious massive head start? Yeah, I know. It, like the, Obviously, the, the underlying numbers look good, and I do kind of think it's a case of the sky's the limit. We don't really know. Uh, where he's going to come down at. Obviously, he's very hot right now. You don't expect this kind of production all season. Um, so, you know, as far as redraft leagues go, I, if you want to cash in on this hot start, I don't think anyone could blame you if he turns out to just, you know, be along the top of the lead uh, for points amongst defensemen all year long. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just so overvalued for what he was even just, you know, a month ago uh, right now that I think you got to at least consider moving him for a guy like Carlson, a guy whose just production we would trust a lot yeah. more going forward. Yeah. Uh, and I think as much as anything else, like, it, it's what he has to play around him too, right? I, I just obviously not really trusting this start that Ottawa's off to no. right now. I don't think you can expect the power play to be as good as it is all these season. Clearly, the players don't uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely do not. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I just think there's a lot of question marks there. 
Um, like we were looking at some of the trades um, that he's been dealt for mm-hmm. in, in Yahoo leagues prior to this uh, recording, and we were seeing him getting traded for guys like straight up like Mitch Marner or something. Is that something you guys would pull the trigger on right now? Uh, no. You, like, you wouldn't trade him for Mitch Marner. I like Marner long-term with that team. We're talking about a team that's going to score a million goals. Yeah, so you'd rather uh, have Marner. I'd rather have Marner. Yeah, that's Absolutely. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. No, and I would also rather have Carlson uh, yeah. as well on top of Shabbat. Just, you know, Carlson's worst season in the last five years was 62 points. I'm going to take that all day. I don't think that Shabbat, you know, if he gets to 62, that's a, a rager of a year. That's awesome. People are going to love it, and he's going to be probably a top 10 D-man next year, but I just don't see him, you know, surpassing Carlson for the rest of the year. Because um, if you make that trade, it's from here on out, and I just see Carlson having a better rest of the year. Yeah, like I was even – I saw a thing the other day that was like it already had him pegged in for, for the next team Canada and stuff, just like super early. Yeah. And we see people – It's a little ridiculous, but he is great, great phenomenal. Yeah, like I mean it's obviously uh, got a long ways to go before we see that. But people I just want – I call him Pedersen Gretzky. So yeah, exactly. Tone it down a bit. It is still chill. It's still early. Yeah. It's funny to look at uh, – if you look at Shabbat's underlying numbers, he's got a 48 48- – point whatever Corsi for right now that's like a plus nine relative Corsi in Ottawa right now which is kind of hilarious uh, but obviously a guy that shoots the puck a ton is somebody that we like obviously he was a, a steal a guy we tra- we talked about a little bit uh, in our rookie section um, during our defenseman um, good. podcast show we had him projected for over 10 goals this year which was good so um, but D uh, who was your star of the week uh, David Pasternak uh, you gotta talk about Pasternak scored five yeah. goals last week two assists in four games uh, highlighted by the hat trick against the Maple Leafs. Say, I'm surprised on Saturday this. night. Well, me and Brock were talking about actually like the Leafs home and home prior to the weekend. Brock was kind of uh, questioning Babcock's decision to roll Anderson on Friday night against the Devils and spark Saturday night. Uh, and the conclusion we came to, or I came to anyway, is that he's playing for the split, and yeah, I think yeah. that's what's happened. Yeah, no, um, yeah, he got it. I guess. Yeah, I think you know he feels he's got to get lucky either way to win in Boston on back to back. Probably wouldn't have won that second. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you want to lock up the winning jersey, I think. Obviously not a, you know, a given in its own right. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, so Pasternak ends up going off against the Leafs. Shocker. Mm-hmm. Never seen that one before. No. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, you know, the five goals earned the start of the week. I, I think the hat trick on Saturday must have swung a lot of fantasy matchups this week. Yeah. Uh, almost screwed me in one of my leagues. Ended up pulling D- I, I did lose one pretty yeah. much strictly to that. Yeah, yeah. It, like, three goals on Saturday. Three Genos. So, Pasternak, 16 goals on the season. Four goals clear of anyone else in the NHL. It's hot. Pasta. Red hot. Yeah. What's hotter than red hot? Pasta. That's what he is. And I just realized I called Shabbat a rookie. He's not a rookie, but he's a guy we talked about as like a breakout breakout guy coming into this year just strictly because. The new Carlson. um, Yeah, because of the Carlson trade. Um, So, yeah. Another guy that we've been fielding a lot of questions about uh, recently because of the fact that he has played zero games thus far this season is, Bell? <laughs> that too. Uh, William Nylander, very similar ah, oh, situation. Oh, oh. Uh, still working on a contract with the Leafs. Nothing really seems imminent at this time. Um, and when I say nothing, I mean nothing in terms of a contract yeah. or a trade to another team um, or anything of that sort right now. So people are wondering, what the hell do I do with them? Obviously. Um, 
I just kind of wanted to get your guys' feel. It's funny because we were talking. I actually played against my girlfriend uh, in fantasy hockey this week in one of our leagues. It was hilarious. Uh, took a, actually a late Sunday comeback to, to Ooh, beat her, oh, which is funny. So but she's she, not talking to you on Monday. I, I told her to draft William Nylander because I'm like, oh, he's going to sign early, blah, just blah, blah. Under. Just, you know, he's going to sign, like, eventually, pretty early in the season. She's, like, all pissed off the other day. She's like, why can't I play this guy? I'm like, you he should, still hasn't signed. Why can't I play him? He should, uh, <laughs> still hasn't signed. You should trade for him now. <laughs> yeah, just, just, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. reap the bennies. So she was asking, she's like, well, why can't I get rid of him? Like, he isn't going to play. I'm like, well, if you have this question, I'm sure other people have this question. Yeah, I mean, she's less knowledgeable than a lot. But uh, what are you guys doing with Willie right now? Uh, D, you're our resident Leafs expert. Obviously, this doesn't have a whole lot to do with this situation. Sure. But, uh, what do you think what you'd you be doing with Willie right now? Uh, don't know anything, but I uh, <laughs> know what I would do. I don't have Nylander in any of my leagues. It's a, kind of a stick situation. Um, not that I was intentionally staying away from it, but I just uh, was kind of hesitant to give him equal value to what you normally would mm-hmm. uh, with him on that team. Yeah, uh, with that aside, don't have any league. I, I think at this point, if you haven't moved on from him yet, uh, I think you just have to sit on him at this point. I don't think there's any way you get equal value or fair value for Nylander if you trade him right now. Um, you know, his trade value is as low as it's been all season. It's not going to get any better till he signs, obviously, but I just don't think on this point it's worth taking a bath if you've waited this long. Yeah, people are starting to forget how good of a player he actually is in fantasy, which, like you said, is it brings his value down to its lowest point. Actually came out today, uh, I believe that it was that Dubas sent out a league-wide memo or uh, something saying, you know, he's on the block for sure. Something along those lines. I've, I, don't know, I was listening to Leafs lunch. But they were basically saying that he's on the block, but they're not. Will, they don't want to trade him, but he is out there. They're willing, so listen, willing to listen now. Yeah. Which I mean, as much as anything else, fantasy teams. Yeah. So. As much as anything else gives them a little bit, or might be trying to give them a little bit of leverage. Yeah, see what you have, right? Contract negotiations, right? Absolutely. To at least be able to say, you know, there's we have an answer here aside from giving into your demands. Even had Big Wayne have a take on it today, but uh, Wayne Gretzky came at at the. The issue, yeah, yeah, which is just he said, you know, follow what your parents say and all that. So, <laughs> I mean, thanks, Wayne. We don't all have but, uh, uh, we don't all have parents that yeah. used to play in the show. So. Exactly, it, it is probably got burned on a contract or two. Once or twice, yeah. Um, so I'd say hold on. I guess the well. consensus is don't drop them at this yeah, point. Yeah, it if sucks you, you know, it, a ton, but well, you're not going to drop. Well, you know, and we you just only have till December first, anyways, yeah. and then you're going to know whether he's playing or not. Exactly, so. and we have. Another thing we were just talking about before the show, one of those trades that we saw was straight up Willie for Thomas Shabbat. So he still does carry some value in some leagues. Probably I mean, if he if he's being traded, um, you you might be able to get a decent piece for him. That's playing. I mean, if you need um, D, yeah. yeah, like it's not. I'm not saying that's the trade not that you need to trade. be doing. Um, but there are there is value to be had in some leagues. Obviously, not yeah. everybody wants a guy that's not playing. But some people, especially Leafs fans, I'm sure, still are hoping that too. he's going to sign and. Yeah, he's one of those guys who scores, has thirty goal potential. So it's not like you're waiting on a guy who's going to get you a bunch of assists. And just yeah. Uses. So he is a very effective piece once he does. Yeah. Play. And in the same breath, if you have a team that's got off to a good start, um, I think you can look at maybe going after Newlander and trade for next to nothing. Obviously, there's some risk there, but as long as it's not a piece that is going to be too consequential. Yeah. Uh, if you do end up losing it for nothing, which I, you know, obviously extremely doubt that's going to happen. I think something happens one way or another before. Yeah. There's no way. Doesn't he takes the year off? Mm-hmm. Right? So, and you know what? I think I guess before we move on here, the one thing t- you could definitely look at is acquiring him in a keeper league. Because even though people, most people are going to think like you know what, it's still a keeper league, he's still going to play. The fact that he's not playing right now still diminishes his value a little bit to the point where you can get Nylander in a keeper league for cheaper than you normally would be when he's playing. For and, sure. Um, it just like it. 
there's no like seemingly there's no end in sight really at this point in time. We don't really know what's going to happen. Yeah. So his uh, his value is a little bit uh, lower than it would be at any other point. Uh, speaking of guys' value that is lower than it normally is, there are a lot of every, big ticket goalies. Uh, pretty much all of them, <laughs> except for Andre Vasilevsky, not playing very well right now. Um, we've got ten here to talk about. Basically, what we've done is run through all ten of them. We each have come up with our own. Um, Top 10. We're going to talk about them a little bit. Uh, before we get into it, though, here are the goalies that are struggling. Uh, Braden Holpe right now, 5-5-2, five, five 324 goals against average, 900 save percentage. Uh, we talked about him a couple weeks ago. I had him as a buy low. Hasn't really turned it around yet. Uh, Connor Hellebuck, still 7-5-1, but 286 goals against average and 912 save percentage. Not really where we expected those um, totals to be at. He came into the season as a Vesna Trophy favorite. Uh, not really... Playing that way yet. Uh, Sergey Bobrovsky starting to get it turned around uh, recently. Five and six still on the year. Two ninety goals against average. Nine oh nine save percentage. Mark Andre Fleury ridiculous year last year. I, a lot of people, including ourselves, expected some regression. But I mean, he's he struggled quite a bit, especially away from home this season. Seven seven and one. Two sixty nine goals against average. A nine or uh, save percentage under nine hundred at eight ninety five right now. Matt Murray, 4-4-1, four, four a 387 goals against average, 886 save percentage. Uh, Casey DeSmith has been playing a lot more recently, and he's been playing quite well. Uh, Carey Price had a nice start. That team's played well, but his numbers aren't fantastic. 5-4-3, uh, 307 goals against average, 892 save percentage. Stick with me here. I know this is a lot of numbers. Tuka Rask, bad numbers. Not even with the team right now. Uh, personal leave of absence, but expected to be back this week. He's 4-4-0. Four, four, 305 goals against average, 901 save percentage. Has seemingly lost his job to Yaroslav Halak at this point, but it's Yaroslav Halak. A beast right now. Ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Corey Crawford, ridiculous start once he returned from injury, but he's now 3 and 6 with a 307 goals against and a 901 save percentage. Two more to talk about. Jake Allen, pretty much lost his job all of last week. Uh, 4 3 and 3, 399 goals against nice. average, 879 save percentage. And a guy that I said to drop last week, Mike Smith, 5-6-1, and one, 351 goals against average, and an 877 save percentage. <clears throat> so, yeah. D, yeah. start with you, then we'll go to Beebs, we'll go around the horn here. Let's go one through three for you. We'll start at the top. Guys, you still have the most confidence in going forward. Uh, one through three out of these struggling early season goaltenders. Yeah, I think this is going to be the consensus pick for number one here. Uh, Connor Hellebuck, I, I think his struggles are a little bit overblown. He's been lights out the last few games for Winnipeg. Save percentage up to 9-12, like you said earlier, Brock. Um, I just think the Jets you know, are going to be a good team all season long. There's really no threat at all to Hellebuck's playing time. Uh, non-existent, really. So I think with the usage he gets, uh, he'll be a number one fantasy goalie, even if his numbers are a little more pedestrian this season. Uh, but I do kind of you know, expect him to get close uh, around that 9-24 save percentage he, he posted last season. Uh, so you should get above average splits on a really good hockey team. He's going to end up uh, being a top three fantasy netminder, I'd imagine, by year's end. It's funny because like, like you talk about Hellbuck finishing the year as a top three netminder, and it's like so like not even out of the realm of possibility no. because everyone's struggling except for Andre Vasilevsky, pretty much, and John Gibson, and John Gibson, and but he's just not he's ready. Just, he's just not it's ripping better. up the wins because yeah, the, the Ducks most are common just fantasy conversation or like question right now is, hey, anyone got a goalie? Yeah, seriously, nobody has nobody. A goalie. Yeah. yeah. 
So on two, I got Sergey Bobrovsky. I think we're probably a little late on Bob. Like, uh, already started to turn around, Brock. Is yeah. Two. He's only allowed one goal in four of, out of his last five starts. Yeah. 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 Uh, just eight goals on 160 shots over his last five games. Uh, so, yeah, 950 save percentage over that span. Bringing his season mark up to 909. Should continue to climb over the course of the year. In my opinion, he's the best goaltender on this list. Uh, but the strength of Jets uh, in relation to Blue Jackets gives Hellbuck the nod over Bob for me. Definitely um, that blue line. Is well, and gross. Jonas Corposalo being there. Yeah. Brodsky being a pending free agent that's probably going to get traded at some point. That hurts his value a little bit as well. Sorry to cut you off. Continue. Uh, Brandon Holpe. Uh, I'm less optimistic than most about Holpe's ability going forward. Uh, he was dynamite in the playoffs last year, but posted a 9-0 save percentage during the regular season. Currently sits at an even 900 for this season. I think he's going to continue to put up uh, kind of mediocre numbers at best all season, uh, but he's going to continue to see a bunch of starts regardless. Playing yeah. for the Caps means the wins are going to come, uh, but I just don't think his peripheral stats are going to carry your goaltending too much. Uh, you're going to want to compliment him with a guy like Antti Branta. I yeah. would say. The boy. The boy. Someone who could shoot that save percentage out. Yeah. Because uh will be pretty overrated at this point. Yeah. Very overrated. Any difference for you, Beebs, or anything you want to no, add? No, no difference um, in the order, but just one thing. Uh, as I kind of alluded to really quick there, Winnipeg, I just love the defense that they have in front of Hellebuck um, instead of the defense in front of Bobrovsky. Don't get me wrong. Wierenski, Seth Jones, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just in general, you know, I think uh, I think Hellebuck's just you know he's my number one here. Two, I got Bob. Um, I mentioned earlier this year that Corpusala might take some starts, and it kind of seems that way. Um, whew, I got lucky there. But Corpusala has <laughs> also sucked um, a shit ton. He has an eight seventy six save percentage, so it's not like he's really like knocking on that door to take that job from yeah. Bob, or not like it was ever you know up in the air. Third it's just break. about him being a free agent and like exactly. they're just trying to send That's a message. You got to see what they got. Yeah. And then uh, Braden Holpe, Phoenix Copley is nowhere close to taking that job. So, like D said, you know he's gonna get you the wind. Playing on a sick team. Yeah. Holpe's overrated. He's gonna not help really your save percentage. Um, and at this point, your goals against. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. If you can swing him for someone who's. Yeah. I don't want to pin all on Holpe either. Like the Cats yeah, no. give up a ton of scoring exactly. chances. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and a ton of high, high danger chances, so it doesn't make it easy on Holpe, but uh, his numbers have really taken a dip the last like two full seasons. Yeah, and you expect and it's just becoming a bit much for me, and people still expect him to bounce back. I have, I have the same uh, top three, obviously, Hellbuck, Bob, Holpe. One common theme uh, with all three of these guys has been their play shorthanded. Uh, Hellbuck, 915 even strength per save percentage, uh, a bit down from last year, but where he's taken. Uh, the hits is his 890 shorthanded uh, save percentage, which is down 11 points from last year. Gets even worse for Bob. Uh, 929 save percentage at even strength. He's been lights out on the penalty kill. 795 um, shorthanded save percentage. Really hurting that's, uh, uh, the, that's rough. the Blue Jackets penalty kill, yeah. which isn't very strong to begin with, so it's not all on Bob. Um, but yeah, where at the same is, time, like, uh, not to cut you off, but I just, like that's the type of thing that you would expect to kind of sort itself out. Exactly, that, that's stuff. why these guys are at the top, because these yeah. guys are the reason you would expect these to bounce back up a little bit. Uh, and then again, Braden Holpe, even worse. Uh, 923 save percentage and even strength, been lights that's out. pretty sick, yeah. If you have been looking, um, Dylan and I have been working on a power play um, report every day, Monday through Friday about basically breaking down every team's power play versus the team's penalty kill, trying to find advantages for daily fantasy hockey players. Uh, you can find that at DraftKings, or on daily face-off for DraftKings. Um, 
And the one thing we found is that the Washington Capitals have one of the best penalty kills in the league when it, you know, in terms of limiting chances against. But they have the worst shorthanded save percentage in the league because Brandon Holpe has a 705 he's shorthanded save percentage right now. So the he's been great at even strength. He's been solid. 923, I wouldn't say is great. He's the best of the three guys we've talked about so far. Yeah. Well. yeah. It's not great, but no, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's yeah. It says it good. that he, he if you can do that, a lot of room for him to bounce back. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. A 705 um, shorthand save percentage. His career is 870 yeah. shorthand, and when we, you know, like I just said, they have been one of the best teams at limiting chances. You expect that to to take a turn in the near future. So I still have faith in Braden Holpe, but I go Hellebuck, Bobrovsky, Holpe, same as you two did. I'm sure we're gonna have some changes here oh, yeah. uh, going through uh, four through six. Do you hit him with us? Hit, hit us with them. <laughs> we got Tuka Rask at four. Uh, I really thought about putting Rask ahead of Holpe, but uh, you know the play of Halak is just too much, believe it or not. Crazy. Um, and they've showed uh, you know, more of a likeness to actually go for Halak than I would have anticipated they would have. Who knows how much Rask's current situation is actually playing into that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I wouldn't have expected you know, two weeks into the season, three weeks into the season, Rask starts to struggle and... You're turning over consecutive starts to Hawk because he's played well, yeah. but back to back forty uh, stoppers. Yeah, here we are. Um, but you know, you look at Rask even as he gets further away from his prime, he's definitely not you know the dominant Vesna candidate that he used to be. Uh, but he's been still very consistent the last few seasons. Uh, same percentage the last three years: nine fifteen, nine fifteen, and nine seventeen. Um, so you can expect his current nine oh one same percentage to climb back up there before too long. There's obviously a question of playing time here. Uh, on the personal leave right now, so he's be coming back soon. Yes, should be. Uh, they're expecting him to return to the team tomorrow, but I think it's still going to be like Halak who starts. Yeah, like you said, Halak already starting to cut in this playing time. Um, so that uncertainty keeps Rask ranked below the others for me. But I think if you look at a guy like Rask, his career numbers, even if he is seeing a reduced role with Halak, yeah. um, still help your team. Yeah, still going to provide a lot of value whenever he starts. Gets you the dubs too. Yeah, team's pretty good defensively. Decent, yep. decent squad. Missing a lot of defensemen early in the season. I mean, it hasn't hurt Halak at all. Uh, the only thing about Rask is Halak. And it's not even just Halak, though, like we saw last year. I think it was Tobin who cut into his playing time a bunch. They have not hesitated to give yeah. Rask time off. But still one of the best teams in the league. Yeah. Um, and if you could get them as a 1A or as a combo. Yeah. Oh, I mean, oh. it, hopefully you were able to pick up Halak if you were a Rask owner early in the season mm. uh, when you started to see what Halak was doing. But, I mean... Goaltenders fly off the market really quick, so it's exciting. It was bad. Uh, continue. Five. Yeah. Uh, five, I got Marc-Andre Fleury of the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, unlike the guys ahead of him, well, not unlike Rask, of course, but uh, there is actually you know a legitimate threat to Fleury's playing time in Subban. Mm-hmm. Um, but Fleury does have a ton of rope here, probably more than he should in the given situation. But he's never posted a save percentage below 905, so his current mark of 895 uh, definitely rise, just a matter of how much. I think you can expect in the fall summer between uh, the 927 save percentage he had last year and the 909 he had the year before with Pittsburgh. Uh, so slightly above average goaltending, that's what we're looking at here. Should be enough to give Flurry a solid amount of wins on Vegas, uh, You know, assuming he keeps getting those starts. Uh, you got to imagine he still sees the majority regardless, as long as he can correct his struggles, uh, at least to some degree. They're a better team than the record suggests Vegas. They currently have the worst PDO at 5v5 in the NHL right now. So thanks for turn for Vegas soon, and of course... Flurry too, as a result. Um, moving on, I got Jake Allen at six. I don't love Jake Allen, but his year-to-year numbers. I was are surprised consistent. that he was that high in those. Yeah, you just hate this guy. Well, to I me, also hate this guy. I'm looking at it in terms of uh, a lot of these guys. They're all struggling right now, right? Um, so you got to kind of <laughs> look at. 
when you're comparing them, I think you got to look at their consistency year to year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, as much as anything else, when we're talking about struggling goaltenders, you want to know how much rope they have and how good is their team. Uh, like I said, Allen, very consistent year to year. He's not great, uh, but he doesn't need to be great to win games for the Blues. <laughs> he just needs to be half decent. I don't think Chad Johnson is a serious threat to Allen's playing time uh, You know, down the road. Uh, the Blues definitely want him to sort out his struggles. I don't think they feel comfortable moving forward with Johnson at all. Uh, despite he's you know he's done well enough uh, in the starts that he's seen, I think Allen is still going to be a fringe number one fantasy minder from here on out. Uh, but he definitely lacks the upside of the guys ranked above him here. Um, so that's why I have him at six. Uh, but I just think you know if I had to make a bet on it, I, I still think he holds on to his job. Uh, and again, on a good team, so I don't think he needs to do uh, great to be uh, fantasy relevant or you know help you as a number one goalie he'll continue to post that very average 915 yeah. saves yeah. he always does yeah. 905 oh. don't give him that much credit come on um, at four I also have to Rask um, same reasons Rask is it's kind of the top four for me are the, the guys who you know they're not going to lose that starting job for sure yeah um, and Rask falls out as we said because of lack I'm not going to stir on that anymore um, he's definitely not going to hit his 60 starts that he's been hitting um, his last couple of years. So definitely he's not the same Rask as previous. Still like him a lot. As Brock mentioned, he makes a nice start when he does go, even if he's getting some limited time. Number five, this is different for me. I have Carey Price currently posting an 892 save percentage. Um, he's one time um, Vesna candidate, almost considered top five fantasy draft pick. Um, he struggled with age and just kind of the team struggling in front of him. Uh, but hey, Shea Weber's only three months away, so yeah. that's going to help a ton. Um, just kidding. But for me, it's just the overall skill of Carey Price, um, and just uh, this team has surprised a lot of people. I can see that changing quite a bit. Um, I, I've always been a believer of Carey Price, and that's probably something that's going to burn me in the end. But uh, but I just like Carey Price overall. Uh, goaltending ability in total, he just, I don't know, the guy can take over, and he's... He, he, He's not going to lose his job there. Um, he's got that huge-ass contract. Well, I don't think Antoniemi's um, going to... And Antoniemi sucks. <laughs> Number six for me, I also have Marc-Andre Fleury, Fleury, the flower. Um, and uh, as much as I weighed the Weber joke, with him coming back, um, Nate Schmidt is actually coming back yep. in front of Marc-Andre Fleury. That's someone who eats about 28 to 26 minutes a game. And as we all know, he's been juicing just a little bit, so he's going to be better. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. It was a little piece of salt lasting um, effect juice in there. worth it but um worth it but yeah no juice. <laughs> <laughs> i i do like the um schmidt coming back this year it's something that a lot of people are forgetting about um but people don't forget um and flowers gonna improve with uh the team improving in front of them and uh, i think it all starts from schmidt did you say um, sharks right I, I, sharks. <laughs> I hope i didn't drop any sharks um but yeah i got <laughs> i got flurry there um I don't think that Subban's going to take his job, as no, we mentioned. Like so. It just seems like they love him there. Why not? He's 33. He's got a big two-year contract. And, uh, and yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, so going to just piggyback right off of that. I got Marc-Andre Fleury actually at four Ooh, here. Uh, if you look at it, the Vegas Golden Knights are giving up just the second fewest uh, scoring chances for or scoring chances against per 60 uh, in the NHL. Uh, like you said, their PDO is the worst in the NHL. Obviously, the uh, has, has that, something but. to do with yeah. with Fleury's play th- or play thus far. But they're a team that's going to start scoring more. Yeah. They're a team that we all expect to be a playoff team again. Obviously, we don't expect them to be what they were last year. Uh, you know, did that we have knocked a bunch of their players. Yeah. But um, I think they're still a playoff team. It's still a team that's going to win a lot of games. Uh, 
Nate Schmidt is a huge reason for that. I don't know why he was so amazing last year. Yeah. I expect him to come. Oh, you don't know why? Like, oh, you, you don't know. But yeah, I do a little bit. <laughs> you it's don't juicy. know why? But like Theodore Miller, Schmidt, that's a yeah. really good top three uh, at this point. And I just think that this is a team that can be a lot better. And second fewest scoring chances against in the league yeah. uh, should make Fleury's job a little bit easier. The numbers should start to improve. Yeah. I don't expect him to be as good as he was last year or as bad as he has been so far this year. He'll fall somewhere in the middle. Yeah, uh, that's what I say. Even if he doesn't get that much better, the goal support is going to improve. Has to. Um, maybe not in the short term with Stastny and Hollis still out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once Stastny comes back, uh, it should really help that second line get going. But we're talking about a team that's you know near the bottom of the league at shooting percentage at 5-on-5 five five and on the power play. So really hurt their goal total yeah. right now. DraftKings scared the shit out of me the other day because I was like, you know, working all day, and sure. then I go and look, and I'm checking my lineup sure. or whatever. And uh, DraftKings Grind. has got a really good uh, app for following the games or whatever. And whenever their players or your players are doing well, or any player is doing well early in the game, they put a little fire emoji because he's expected to <laughs> outperform his his project, or, you know, his yeah. daily projection or whatever. Yeah. Whenever they're shit in the bed, they put a little uh, like snowflake there. And then they had Eric Howell at the bottom of the lineup. Like in the lineup with a snowflake next to his name, and I'm just like, oh my god! Like Hallow came back and played, like, and I totally missed it. Like, what the hell's going on? And I go and look. No, his knees just on ice. That's yeah, just just ice. didn't exactly didn't play. I'm like, thanks a lot, DraftKings. Bullshit. But anyways, uh, number five is Tukarask. Uh, a little bit hesitant with this one because I do think Halak obviously poses a threat. Uh, Halak's a guy who has been good uh, for teams in the past. He was really bad for the Islanders because they were just yeah. terrible defensively. Yeah, bad team. Uh, but I just talked about how the Golden Knights gave up the second fewest scoring chances against in the league. Uh, the fewest scoring chances against are the Boston Bruins. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are loaded, that top line, and then the rest of the three lines can play great defense. Uh, they've done most of it this year without Charlie McAvoy. This is a team that's only going to get better. Uh, there was talk about them splitting up that top line, which who knows if that's going to help or hurt them. Uh, but I still think Tukarask starts 50 games, maybe 55 this season. Yeah. Uh, and once he gets back, he'll find his groove. He did this exact same thing last year. I'm not overly concerned about Rask uh, right now. Carey Price, Price, Carey Price is six for me. Ooh. Montreal has played extremely well. Uh, there's no denying that. Carey has. And uh, honestly, like they're you know 13th in scoring chances against right now. Um, and Price just is the best goalie in the world or has been for a long time. I'm not about to, just because he had a couple, uh, you know, down years, I'm not about to say that he's not uh, at least in the top 10 still in terms of actual goaltending ability. So um, I don't think he's fallen off that much. Yeah. I don't think he's the best goalie in the league by any stretch of the imagination at this point anymore. But I think he's still top 10. And if the Canadians can continue what they've been able to do uh, thus far, I think that they will, um, you know, Price will, he'll boost back up a little bit. And uh, so I like Carey Price ahead of some of these guys who are a little bit more inconsistent and have a little bit more um, competition for starts, uh, which starts with Matt Murray, who I have at number seven. Casey Smith's played really well. Murray's just been so bad. The Penguins have been an absolute tire fire defensively. It doesn't, I don't see a lot improving for, um, the Penguins. I mean, like, no. they bring in a guy like Jack Johnson to try to shore up that blue line, and that's not going very well. Justin Schultz is out long term. They're they're never really they're not a great defensive team. Um, so I think Matt Murray's team in front of him in terms of defense and the fact that Casey Smith has played really well and is going to push him for starts uh, has him ranked at number seven. I know I jumped ahead there a little bit, but okay. I was kind of leading into the you Penguins. Got jacked up. So that's we'll a, go right. uh, we'll go back to D. Uh, who's number seven through ten for you? Uh, I also have Matt Murray at number seven. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting. Murray isn't struggling any more than Allen or Fleury, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he does have, like you said, Brock, very, a very serious threat to his playing time. 
uh, waiting in the wings of Casey Smith. The Smith uh, has played in four straight games now for the Pens, starting the last two. He's got a 942 save percentage in nine appearances this season. Uh, that comes after posting a 921 save percentage in 14 games last year. So he's done nothing but perform at the NHL level. The Penguins are still committed to Murray as a starting goalie for the time being. Uh, they even alluded to him, you know, kind of working out problems in his game with the coaching staff, uh, being the reason as to why Smith started back-to-back games. But there's a clear threat there. Uh, Murray definitely looking at a decreased workload. Regardless, I think from this point here on out, to Smith earned that much at the very least um, compared to what we would have projected at the start of the year. I think he was also one of the guys that we had projected for slightly less than 60 starts just yeah. because uh, obviously the health concerns, and I think he's a guy that they want to try to keep fresh. Yeah, and he was a bad bastard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, help, that helps your yeah. – uh, yeah. well, hurts your playing. Yeah, yeah. And, he, yeah. So not, like, and it wasn't just the Smith too, right? Like Yari looked good at points mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, DeSmith obviously outplayed Yard at this point and earned a clear spot above him. Uh, now in contention for the starting job, potentially, but uh, DeSmith should be picked up in all leagues. Currently just 31% owned in Yahoo. Uh, that's climbed 15% in the last 24 hours, so make sure you act fast yeah. if there's still time. Uh, I got Carey Price down to number eight. Uh, you know, I think our Canadian bias might be coming into play here a little bit, boys. I, I, I think I'm looking at this like I'm looking at Holpe. It's hard for me to expect Price to bounce back out of a two-year-long slump. Uh, had a terrible year last year. just hasn't gotten any better yet. Canadians are an underrated team. Like you said, Rock, they're fantastic at 5v5. Great with the puck. I like them a lot, but I just can't give Price a pass here. Uh, to me, at this point, he's a below-average goaltender on a slightly above-average team. A low-end number two fantasy goalie. That's how I look at Carey Price in redraft leagues. I uh, just can't get myself up to expect anything else. Uh, I guess I'll just close out my 9-10 here. Yep. I got Corey Crawford at 9. Uh... You know, you talked about Crawford hasn't had the smoothest transition since coming back from injury. Did for a little bit. Yeah, for <laughs> a good couple not games. Uh, yeah, you know, I expect it's him to be not. better, but I just don't know how much we can expect out of Chicago this season. Still worth holding on to. I don't think Cam Ward's a big threat at all to his job, but I'd be trying to make a move for sure if he's my number one or one A goaltender. Uh, doesn't look like his play is going to be quite at the level it was for the last few seasons. Uh, but who knows? He's only played about ten games or so, so still early for him. Mike Smith. Uh, you know, it just seems like Smith's age finally catching up to him. Uh, and unfortunately for him, he has a capable backup ready to take over David Riddich. Uh, Smith's supposed to mediocre numbers for the last three seasons. The Flames were good enough to make him just worth playing at this level uh, that he's playing at right now. He's only hurting your team when you play him. He's not, I don't know if he's quite droppable. I, I think there's some risk there if your goaltending situation isn't great. Obviously, it depends what's out there. Uh, but I've been trying to unload this guy as soon as possible, and I definitely do everything I could to handcuff him with Riddich. Riddich is 22% on the yeah, leagues right now. Climbing. Yeah, yeah. Flying. he is flying up as he should be. So that's it. That's my list. Yeah, um, my seven. That's my list. Awfully similar to you guys here. Um, at number, well, they have to be a little similar since we're <laughs> talking about the exact same. Awfully similar, boys. <laughs> Honestly, I'm just stalling because I had to pull up my page. But number seven for me, I got Corey Crawford um, at 33, just getting over Vertigo, um, and just a team that's just kind Vertigo. of spiraling down and down and down. Things are not great for Crawford. Um, still kind of getting his legs. I expect him to, you know, pull it all together by year's end. Um, seven out of his last eight years, he's had a save percentage above 917. It's pretty phenomenal. Fantastic. I'll take that quite often. Um, and I kind of, you know, averages tend to average out throughout the year. <laughs> Is that how those work? Um, number eight, I have... Um, Jake Allen here. My apologies. I'm just struggling with my program and freezing on my computer. But I got Jake Allen. Um, he's been bad for what seems like forever to me, um, mostly because I've owned him in a couple of leagues. 
He's uh, always that guy that you can just get in the middle of the draft. It's like, I guess I'll deal with exactly. it. Exactly. And you're like, yeah, he's on a great team. But, yeah, as you mentioned, he probably won't lose the job. But Chad Johnson has played absolutely phenomenal this year. Through four starts, he has a 927 save percentage, two wins. It's only four starts, but a 927 save percentage is something to keep an eye on mm-hmm. when Jake Allen's shooting an 879 right now. <laughs> it's been bad. Not a, not a good. Hasn't been great. Hasn't been great. Um, number nine for me here. I have. I'm totally missing someone on my list, so that's totally that's what's effed up. Matt Murray. Yeah. Okay. So I had Murray there at eight. I apologize. Matt Murray at eight. Um, again, you mentioned that the back to back is not something to be worried about. Um, Casey Smith is 27, so he's not a young prospect, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't love Murray. Um, he's never played more than 49 games. Let's keep that value right down there. So yeah, for me. And then Mike Smith, you got just bring up the rear. I don't want to shit on him more because, you know, he's an absolute beauty from Kingston, Ontario. But uh, (laughs) but, uh, Mike Smith, it's maybe time to become a backup um, and let David Ricci or Rich. Rich, Riddick. 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 Riddick, 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 We all have different ways. Yeah, I look at it every day um, on Yahoo and I'm like, what the hell is going on there? A lot of of letters. Uh, But yeah, Mike Smith just looks really bad. It doesn't seem like it's going to get much better from here on out. He... um, he hasn't had a save percentage above 916 since 2011-2012. Not good. Uh, terrible. When we're talking about 915 being, you know, borderline something that's average. Uh, Generally league average. Yeah. Though. Yeah, I don't love it. Brock, close us out with these 10 tendies. Uh, so I got Jake Allen at 8. Uh, the Blues are a team that can score a lot of goals, but they're a team that has struggled mightily defensively this year. Uh, fifth worst in terms of scoring chances against. Doesn't bode well. For Jake Allen, uh, there's another guy that they've limited his starts in uh, in years past. Uh, just 56 last year, uh, 60 the year before. Uh, so not a guy that we're expecting to go up to 65, 70 starts. No. And especially when he's got a pretty capable backup in, in Chad Johnson. I don't think Johnson's great, no, but I think Johnson's like, more than capable of taking 30 starts and being fine. Uh, the Blues, unless they fix their struggles defensively, which I don't think will happen anytime soon. No. Um, Allen will continue to struggle. Uh, hilarious because we were talking about goalies who had just brutal shorthanded save percentages earlier and great even strength save percentages. He's actually been better shorthanded than he has been at even it's strength, anomaly. which is bizarre. Uh, so Allen, but still, I like him better than Corey Crawford. As much as I think Crawford's a great goalie, I think that the, the Blackhawks are in shambles. Um, their blue line's atrocious. They fired our boy. Uh, yeah, and then that's what, uh, what I was going to say. That's what's going to turn the Blues' defensive struggles around. Yeah, when, when they, they hire, hire they hired Prenville. They might very well, very well could. That's uh, what our other boy, Mike Yo. I'm sure I'll get replace his uh, name with a bunch of other coaches. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, third worst. <laughs> I always think he's coaching every team. Yeah. He's not <laughs> on Minnesota anymore. Third worst in terms of scoring chances against uh, is well, the Chicago Blackhawks. So they weren't great. They weren't great under Quenville either. Probably led to him being fired after winning three Stanley Cups. I think Canada he was doing uh, all he could with what he had. To yeah. Work. Oh, and like that team, like Canada. you look right now. Like, Windsor alert. Dude. Pissed off. Yeah. Windsor alert. Literally 60 minutes I'm away from Joe Louis time. Arena. We should get rid of that clown. We got. Can you guys let me talk a little? Sorry. And then obviously yeah, that's Mike. What they want. Obviously Mike Smith is number ten. Um, I told you to drop him last week. So mm-hmm. he, if he could rank eleven on this list for me. He <laughs> uh, but anyways, I hope you guys enjoy <laughs> the Blue Stones. Uh, when we get back, we're gonna talk about some streaming options for next week. Actually, a lot of streaming options. Uh, just guys, or not next week, this week. Uh, guys that play a lot of games this week. Guys that have good matchups. Guys that have 
um, that are just good players that should be picked up. Uh, they don't always have to just be streaming options because uh, should they rip it up this week, they're probably guys you're going to look at keeping on your roster moving forward. So, again, enjoy the Blue Stones. We'll see you back here in 67. Speaking of Wizards, who's Blue Stones. Podcast. I'm your co-host Dylan Berthium. We hope you guys enjoyed those sweet tunes from the Blue Stones. As always, the sweet, sweet riffs. Uh, if you like the album or you like what you're hearing, the new album available on Spotify and Fresh. Apple Music. Black Holes. Search it up. Doing big things. Good Blue tunes. Great, Great vibes. Um, moving on, we're going to talk about some streaming options for this week. Uh, if you're looking to stream a spot on your roster, but there are weekly acquisition limits in your league. Uh, knowing the league schedule is crucial to finding quality streaming options. Uh, and Brock, Daily Faceoff, has just the thing for that. Why don't you talk about it? The weekly thing? Yeah, the weekly thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have like the uh, the old weekly schedule up there. Yeah. And, That's uh, how I did all of this, though. Yeah. That's how I found the guys. You go to the weekly about. schedule, you see how many games, see which teams play four games, see which teams play two games. And uh, it always helps, makes it easier. Yeah. It, very easy. Easily breaks down the back to backs too. So, but just as uh, we also have a back to back tracker, which shows how often each team uses uh, teams in any given back to back situation. Shows how often they start the first game, how often they start the second game. So, especially we were just talking about shitty goalies. Uh, if you're ever looking at adding a spot start, you can literally on Monday go on, look at the weekly schedule, see which teams have back to back, see if teams use their backup goalies in back to backs and add one of these guys before you're racing to do it after they get confirmed at yeah. 2 in the afternoon. Yeah. So that helps. We're going to talk about some goalies. Actually, I don't know. You have a goalie, Beebs, to talk about. Yeah. And uh, we got some fours. we got some defensemen. Uh, the other thing, the week schedule is great for, too. Uh, a lot of times when you're look, talking about streaming guys, especially uh, like Beebs, the, the league we're in has a uh, four limit on acquisitions for the week, which is pretty uh, pretty tight yeah. uh, because it's, you know, it's about a player every half day. Um, or every other day, sorry. Uh, so when you're looking at stuff like that, you, you want to kind of look with the full week in advance, uh, which is obviously what we're doing here. But you, you kind of want to target guys who are going to be playing in slower nights for your roster, which is generally like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday, right? Now, yeah, a lot of times... It's good to pick a dude up who's... Yeah, playing Tuesday, Thursday, and yeah, Saturday, because a lot of times you're going to have a full yeah. roster anyway. Obviously, you can check it out and see maybe if you have an open D spot on those nights. Um, but the weekly schedule can help you with that because obviously it's very easy to tell mm-hmm. uh, what days they're playing. And there are a few teams this week that are playing uh, the ideal schedule, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Yep. The contrarian schedule. So 
uh, could bring some value to your lineup. Obviously, Monday's happening right now, so kind of... You're uh, going to miss out on one of their games. Yeah. I, I tried to avoid people that played tonight and yeah. tried to go yeah. with Tuesday. But we're now. still... I, I was uh, generally thinking that, uh, but we're still talking about uh, a couple of these teams that are playing Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, which mm-hmm. is uh, probably just as much as you'll get out of anyone else. Yeah. Uh, like, that's three automatic games, pretty much. Um, so without further ado, I'll get right into it. I got Hampus Lindholm. Uh, oh, booze. Defenseman for the Anaheim Ducks, 40% owned. Uh, and the Ducks are one of the teams I was talking about. Good to target on the wire this week. Uh, they did play four games this week, playing tonight. Uh, but again, play Wednesday, Friday, Sunday after uh, Monday night's game. So, uh, like I said, all slower days, so you should have plenty of open slots uh, to slide in a guy like Lindholm. As far as defensemen go, Lindholm is one of the best spots that you can find on the wire. Just 40% of Yahoo, like I said. Uh, plays a ton of minutes in all situations for the Ducks. He's averaging 25 minutes a game this season. Uh, and that's translated into two goals and seven assists in 18 games for Lindholm. He should have no problem maintaining that half point per game pace over the course of the season. Uh, you know, generally, if you're looking to spot start offense, you're going to be really happy about getting a point out of them. Uh, Lindholm essentially gives you a 50% chance of hitting that on any given night. Uh, so he makes for a great shooting option this week, especially, like I said, considering the next schedule. You can get a game out of him uh, on Wednesday, Friday, or Sunday, and you'll probably almost guarantee you have a defensive spot to, uh, to fill on those nights. Yeah, which is great. Um, Something that a lot of people are looking for help with at this moment. Um, I'm going to attack someone who uh, doesn't start a little bit later in the week. So if you need to not pick him up right away, um, someone who's going to help you all year, I think, who's being criminally underrated and criminally disrespected by the fantasy fantasy community. That's Matt Duchesne. I talked about him. He was my first star this week. Um, the guy's got six goals, 13 assists, which is good for 19 points through 18 games. Um, that's more than a point per game which I don't know why I just had to say that, but uh, I felt it needed to be addressed because people are still owning this guy at a 49% clip. Uh, point per game, 49% own rate. Um, doesn't quite add up for me. Um, we have talked about this incredibly hot start by Ottawa, but one thing that I did mention earlier, Duchesne's getting 22 minutes of ice time. As a first-line center in Ottawa, and we love guys who get a ton of ice, take a lot of shots, and play first-line, uh, and roll first-line power play. Crazy thing about Duchesne, um, out of all of this... Doesn't only, like his coach? Well, there's that, um, but uh, actually kind of relates to that. He only has one power play goal and three power play points of his 19 points. So uh, I've mentioned it before, but that just means there's room for improvement there. So if he can improve on that, um, he could definitely jump ahead of uh, previous career highs. He's a five-time 55-point scorer. Um, this guy's not that old, so add him to your roster if you got time now. It's uh, it's it's time to stop crapping on Duchesne. He's he's figured it back out, and he's uh, he's looking like Duchesne of old. But, yeah. um, I like that pickup. Strict center hurts his. Uh, obviously, that's why he's so low. But um, you know, Duchesne's looked great, and he's looked uh, revitalized this year. Matt Duchesne was one of my sleepers. Yeah. Preseason, and he's good, got he's over a point per game right now. So good that, dude, just news. Sometimes on, yeah. you just gotta listen to the podcast and just just get her, you know. Yeah. Um, so I was just confirming goalies. I love Hampus Lindholm too, especially uh, the Ducks are, you know, they they banged up a little bit, and Lindholm's always just rock steady. I like him a lot. Yeah, gets uh, but yeah, John Gibson starting tonight. Pecorini got that out of the way, so let's move on. Uh, guy that used to play on the Ducks blue line, Sammy Vatnin, streaming option for me this week, twenty three percent owned. Uh, the Devils have four games this week. Vatnin uh, is starting to heat up. He's been limited by a six point. Zero on-ice shooting percentage and a 2.3 personal shooting percentage, but still seven points, uh, one goal, six assists in 15 games. Vatnin leads Devils defenseman in time on ice with 22.57 per game, second to our boy Will Butcher. 
Uh, and power play ice time, 227 per game. Uh, the Devils' schedule this week is great as well. They play Pittsburgh, uh, who are give up the 18th most goals per game, over 3.0 goals per game. Uh, the Flyers, who will give up the 4th most goals per game. The Red Wings, who give up the 5th most goals per game. And the Carolina Hurricanes, who give up the 17th most goals per game. So all teams that give up over 3 goals per game. Uh, so the Devils should score some goals this week. Vatnin doesn't see the top power play unit ice time that we'd like, but still plays in a pretty solid second unit and leads the team in ice time. So I like Vatnin, 23% owned. Uh, pretty offensive guy as well. I can't wait to talk about my second guy, but we'll go to D first. Yeah, you are just jumping out of your seat. <laughs> I'm so excited. Lucky for you, Brock. I don't want to spend too much time on this one. Nick Schmaltz. Uh, I've already recommended Schmaltz uh, this season. Uh, he does make a ton of sense as a streaming option this week. Uh, Chicago's got the same schedule as the Ducks this week. They're playing tonight, but then they play again Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. So you can get three games out of Schmaltz. Uh, he makes for a great pickup in the short term because he is on Chicago's top line tonight with Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. Yeah. Uh, Chicago hasn't played Taves and Kane together a lot the last few seasons, but new head coach Jeremy Colleton. Got there. That's how we're saying it. We'll say it. Uh, yeah. Is that opting to do so? Not Joel Quinn. I don't like him. I don't like yeah. it at all. So Smoltz is a lucky third passenger on that line. They should create a ton of scoring chances at 5v5 together. Uh, Smoltz. Schmaltz. Schmaltz. Off to a slow start nice. this season, uh, but has been buried down the Hawks lineup of late. Uh, he can bring some production to your lineup in the interim, so long as he's on that top line. I think that Joel Quenville listens to the podcast because you talked about him yeah. being a, a waiver wire pickup because he was playing on Kane's line. He was looking great, but you also said that he's a guy who can carry a line on his own. And then, like, the next fucking day, they were like, oh, put him on the third line. Let him carry that struggling third line. And then, yeah, but then the well, he can. Day, he's not going to score points. No. Exactly. Day, no, they yeah. were still good, but yeah. they just didn't score, but they didn't yeah. give up any goals either. So, like, I was like, fucking Quinville's listening for sure. I know. That's what I thought, too. We should get him on. And then he got fired, so I don't yeah, know what to say. say. Next, next day, he got fired, so I don't <laughs> uh, really know if we want him. Nick Schmaltz, just 12% owned, too. So, so uh, I feel like that's uh, disrespect. Yeah, a little bit. Like I said, he's been buried. I love him first line. He's been buried. Carrying his own line. As, uh, Get on him too. before uh, other people do. Um, for me, though, I felt for us to have such a goalie-heavy episode, I could not mention a goalie that we have to pick up. Goalie we talked about last week, too. And goalie we did talk about last week. Um, oh, boy. Someone who's still only 8% owned. <laughs> out in Edmonton, Miku Koskinen. Nailed it. Miko. Yeah, Miko, yeah. It's like Yeah, no, I don't know why they tried it so <laughs> Sorry. I It's like it was spelled M I K K U, but it wasn't. It no. was an O. Yeah, exactly. Um, Idiot. It's but, like uh, Brandon. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Wait, this guy can't even read. There's, yeah, there's a lot of. Anyways, there's a lot of Mikos. Uh, but Miko Koskinen. It's hey, Miko! Miko. Miko. Koskinen. 8% owned. Guys. <laughs> Um, we haven't really shot on Cam Talbot enough this episode. No, we that's true. Be pretty confident yeah. I did last week. But the only reason he wasn't on that list is because we didn't expect him to do much. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Not um, that we really expected much out of Mike Smith, but or Miko Koskinen yeah. for that matter. But here we are. Yeah. Honestly, six foot seven. He's so big. It sounds kind of crazy, but this is something that maybe we could have possibly seen coming. Mostly just because Koskinen's. A thirty-year-old goaltender. Honestly, um, I was going to talk about it. Slated in the K the last couple of years. Well, I did. I was nine thirty-seven last year. I wanted I'm to talk about this guy because because of his KHL numbers. Yeah. But then he was so fucking brutal in the preseason. By the time we got to our, our preseason goalie article, he had like our <laughs> podcast. He had like a fucking four goals against average in the preseason. Yeah. yeah. But who didn't, right? He's Everybody just trying else. To fit in. He's <laughs> like, I'm going to come across the border and be like every other yeah. shit goalie over here. 
Anyways, then, uh, no, I just just piggyback on that. Um, a lot of people, you know, he's a fresh name, so they think he's young. Thirty-year-old um, goalie, so it's not like Edmonton won't be willing to make his time now because um, the time is now. They for just him. need to win too. Exactly. If he's, if he's playing well, they have no reason to stick with Talbot. Mm-hmm. And one um, thing, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Or like to not give Koskinen an extended run, or at least. You know, at some sort, like yeah, Talbot's played so much the last few seasons too. Like Koskinen has already carved himself out uh, more than what you could have expected out of Oilers backups the last few seasons. Yep. He's got to play at least twenty games at this point. Uh, but yeah, like, and I think the other thing too, like Edmonton's going to score a lot of goals this but season, is, yeah. regardless. The power play is so good. Um, you know, they're playing McDavid and Drysdale together tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow, right? Yep, tomorrow. Yeah, looks like that's yeah. the way they're going. Three games this week, So, so yeah. but Kate. Here's why I like. He Give me a lot of goals. Too. A lot of goals for him. He doesn't need to do great to get wins. Uh, he just, if he's average for that team, like they could do pretty well. Here's sure. why I like it. One, Talbot was pulled in last his last game. start. Yeah. So Costin started two in a row. Then they went back to Talbot. Motherfucker got pulled. Yeah. Yeah. Costin could start tomorrow against the Habs on home ice. He's got a decent great, matchup. Great matchup. This decent week. matchup. They're favored. I would say probably sits, on home ice. I'd say so. probably yeah. sits against Calgary, right? But then they go and they look at the weekend. So. Even if he doesn't play tomorrow, which he, sh- he probably will, I'm gonna. I would project him as tomorrow's starter. Even if he doesn't, though, he's starting one of the on games on Saturday and Sunday. And the great thing about having a guy like this is that if you're picking him up for a start, hopefully he starts in Calgary on Sunday. If not, he starts at home against Vegas. Either way, pretty similar matchups. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you don't even need him. Hopefully, you just sit him on your bench on Sunday because you've already won. And yeah. if you haven't, at so least you've already picked him up. Montreal. You don't have to worry about him getting picked up on Thursday for some other, from others, some other scrub in your league. He's gonna get a start, but he's probably starting least. tomorrow. He's probably getting two. He should get two. That's honestly, I, I Talbot's was, been terrible. That was my next mention was that like Talbot was a year and a half gonna get two in the next three. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, Talbot's been so bad. Why you bring in a thirty-year-old guy from the K? The guy's ready to go. Koskinen started stopped twelve of thirteen yeah. after replacing Talbot. Koskinen didn't have a nine thirty seven last year to come across the border to sit on a bench. He's ready to go. The only team he struggled against was the the Lightning in Tampa Bay. Goals. Everybody struggles against the Lightning in Tampa. Yeah. Not you know what? I'll, I'll skip the guy I want to talk Broder about. I'll, say, I'll save it for the end because I don't want. I just can't wait too much. But uh, I'll stick with the Oilers because Drake Kajula, you just alluded to a D, McDavid, yeah, and Dre Seidel together and. Completing that trio is Drake Kajula. Uh, he's left wing okay. and right wing eligible. Just four percent owned right now. The Oilers have three games this week. Skated on the top line with those two in Monday's yeah. practice. If you're gonna play with anybody in Edmonton, you're gonna want to play with McDavid and Drake. So they're the two best players. Uh, Kajula's numbers with McDavid, uh, while Raddy was injured, uh, were extremely impressive. They are averaging 34 scoring chances, four per 60, 20 high danger scoring chances for per 60 obviously that has so much more to do with McDavid than it does with Kajula but that doesn't matter because they're playing together Uh, they played nearly one hour together at 5v5 so in the short term Mm -hmm. Kajula makes her a strong ad Uh, don't get me wrong that top line can be broken up by the second period on Tuesday but let's hope it doesn't let's hope it clicks hopefully Nuge can be a great center on that second line Trey Seidel Kajula McDavid stay together so I like Kajula for the Oilers this week uh, just 4% owned and I like the fact that he's left wing and right wing eligible so you can you can play him in and out of your lineup uh, a little bit uh, obviously playing on uh, Sunday is an added benefit of a streamer yeah. so I like Kajula this week if he's not on the McDavid, first time he's played with McDavid either so it's not saying they'd be great to get a total culture shock no him, and you know what like he, yeah. he he's a guy that maybe you're gonna plug him in your lineup on Sunday playing with McDavid Psh, count me in 
great college player. Could you know hasn't translated totally to anything. I had a hard time saying his name last week, but I nailed it this Quaglia. week. Quaglia. D. Who are you picking up this week? Uh, I want to talk about a couple guys on the Wild. Um, so you're wild, man. <laughs> How good is Michael Gramlin been this year? Oh my God, very good. Change the Wild. They're a good team. Uh, and the Wilds are playing four games this week, uh, but luckily for us, they're not playing tonight. Uh, they play tomorrow night. Uh, they play Thursday. They play Saturday. They play Sunday. So we're talking about three busy nights. It's a heavy week against four teams that give up a lot of goals: yeah. Washington, Vancouver, Buffalo, and Chicago. Yeah, could be a high-scoring week. So that's what we're looking at. Um, like I said, busier nights, uh, but they're playing on a lot of them. And then you're going to get the Sunday game as well. Uh, so the Wild are one of the best teams to target this week. Uh, and they have a ton of depth up front, so there are options out there on the waiver wire and probably all of your leagues. Uh, the two guys I want to talk about specifically real quick are One Nino, of our boys? Say one of our boys. One of our boys. Yes. Woo! Uh, Nino Niederreiter. Woo! Talking about him again. Hey, Nino. Because his value, his expected value is dipped below the actual value. It's yep. happened again. It happens going, every year! It keeps every going year. back and forth. Yes, it does every year. Uh, so he's at 28%, and then Miko Koivin, 50% owned. Uh, so did Miko right too. This is great. Yeah. So Nino, yeah, the most productive player, or the more productive player between the two of them, uh, and offers dual wing eligibility compared to just straight center for Koivu. Uh, but Niederreiter does see drastically less ice time. That's always been his issue. We've talked about. <laughs> I don't for know years. why they don't play this guy. You gotta know this. We could grab um, our clip from episode. 10. Every once in a while, he does play a game on the first line too, and the Wild like to toy with their lineup. Just scored his first goal too. Dude. Probably more. Uh, yeah. So pro- probably more than any other team in the NHL. Uh, so there's a good chance uh, he plays on the top line at one point in the next four games. Uh, for sure in the top six, you would expect. Uh, but as, as far as spot starts go, uh, Niederreiter and Koivu both equal uh, in terms of expected value at this point. That's why I'm mentioning them both here. It just comes down to the position you need to fill. The Wild, like I said, playing four games this week. Uh, so four games even after you hear this podcast because they don't play tonight. Yeah. If you get to it late, you still got three games. Yeah. So, yeah. so busy or nice, you get four full games out of them. Uh, and then we're looking at uh, like I said, Nino Koivu, both around 50-point guys in their current roles. Uh, enough production to warrant hanging... Or not enough production to warrant hanging on to them all season, uh, but certainly enough to provide some value as a streaming option on weeks like this. Keep in mind, uh, Koivu's totals are assist-heavy, uh, which generally we would treat as a knock uh, on a guy's value, but in uh, streaming or spot starts, uh, you could... Really, you're going for anything. Right? Yeah. You're just trying to pick up points. Yeah, yeah. or you could uh, be specifically targeting assists. Um, that can help, yeah. Yeah, so he gets some apples if that's what you need. Five straight seasons with at least 30 assists. Like I said, need to ride a more upside, doesn't get the ice time, does have the dual wing eligibility, quite good center. So just depending on what you need, they're both great streaming options this week. I think you get, you can get four games out of them. Four games is nice. Four games is very nice. Yeah. Uh, so nice. I decided to dig deep in this one. Um, far into the well. 3% owned Tony D'Angelo out in um, New York. Um, so I'm New digging York, deep York. because uh, Neil Poink's probably picked up my suggestion from a couple weeks Poink. ago. I don't know if you guys caught those goals he scored last week, but that guy's filthy. Rose just picked up. Um, yeah, smart, <laughs> smart gal. Smart gal we got there, Brock. But um, Tony D'Angelo, he's, uh, he's, he's the next, uh, next offensive stud out in New York. We mentioned how terrible this team is. Um, there's a lot of opportunity there, and that bodes well. For guys like D'Angelo, who uh, who is extremely, extremely gifted offensively, but mm-hmm. is absolutely ass defensively, yeah. which means we love him for fantasy hockey because yeah. we don't care about your defensive play. Do not care. Um, getting a ton of ice time lately, 22 minutes in uh, two of the last three games. He's kind of off everyone's radar to start this year um, because he had eight points and was a minus 18 through 28 games all last year. Mm-hmm. No one saw much out of this year. 
Comes into this here, two goals, five assists through his first nine games. That's seven points in nine games. Sure Did you is. know that he was close to putting up point per game? Yeah. No one even knows this guy exists. Brock, you know because you work in hockey, but no one else knows. <laughs> I'm the only one. Um, so if you're in a deep league, he's a guy who jumps on the power play too. He's got um, heavily utilized. Heavily utilized in the power play. He's, uh, he's I mean, except the boy Kevin Shattenkirk. Exactly. He's a quarterback there, and uh, and and someone who actually had 14 points in 39 games in his first year. So he's not necessarily. I wouldn't say he's fresh meat, but um, but yeah, he's breaking in and he's gonna get the ice time. They've proven that. Um, I like him again in deep leagues, but if it gets to the point where he's gonna continue to put up, you know, seven points every nine games, you might want to consider him in your in your leagues that have four D. Yeah. You know? Well, like if you're in like teams, a league that like you you know you, you just lost jo- you just lost John Klingberg and uh, you know Miro Heiskanen's gone. Just worth a look. He's, a, he's, definitely a, he's definitely a short-term pickup right now, and who knows what it could turn into. Uh, you know, Neil, just more like Neil sti- Poink was a, keep was a short-term pickup, and yeah. he's turned into a, a Three Genos right last week, so. so yeah. uh, okay, guy I talked about, I think, four weeks in a row now. Bring him back. Bring percentage him back. is not climbing at all. Uh, Alex Tuck. Shocker. 23% owned. Uh, yep. I'm talking about Alex Tuck again. Shocker. Uh, the Golden Knights have three games this week against Anaheim, uh, St. Louis, and Edmonton. Uh, we talked earlier about how many goals the Blues are giving up. Uh, we talked about how bad Cam Talbot is. Uh, maybe maybe Miko Koskinen starts that game and improves it a little bit. But Tuck, uh, all three of those teams have very difficult time limiting goals against right now unless... Uh, John Gibson's a net, which will most likely be the case, and he's just a stud. But uh, Tuck has nine points, four goals, five assists in ten games, uh, firing 3.7 shots per game right now. Has an impressive 5.6 or 56.3 Corsi four, and uh, him and Pacioretty are averaging 31 scoring chances for per 60 right now. I mean, like, <laughs> tell me a stat that doesn't just. Push Tuck over the top. I mean, the guy's a stud. Mm. He's a stud, and he's, like, he's almost got he's almost got a point for games alongside struggling Patch Reddy. Yeah. and Cody Eakins at this point. Yeah, Patch Reddy clicks. See what happens to Hallow, but still, it doesn't matter, man. This guy's just just puts points up every night, and no one picks him up. Mm. Makes no sense. And right wing, left wing eligible. So if you don't want to sh- reach for Drake Kajula, uh, Tuck is a good option. As well, uh, left wing, right wing. Say gives you, you some roster flexibility. Yeah, you can't spell. It's a lot easier to spell. T-U-C, you don't have to add yeah. the H, and he'll be back on your roster. Uh, you guys have anybody else to talk about? Uh, no, that's it. All right, that's it. Yeah. Well, quickly, I want to just run through since we were talking about streamers, uh, teams with back to backs. If you need to look at other goalies this yes, week, uh, we've got Buffalo's got a back to back on Thursday, Friday in Winnipeg, in Minnesota. Not ideal, but Linus Allmark. If he doesn't even, he could start on Tuesday. Uh, he's really flirting with stealing Carter Hutton's job at this point. But even still, if he starts Tuesday, he plays the Lightning. Not ideal. But if you're desperate, uh, Olmark should see one, if not two, starts this week. Palmerville uh, is no longer fantasy relevant, let's say, on the yeah, third line now. Palmerville um, got dropped down. Put that one. in. Uh, the Hurricanes have a back-to-back. If you really feel like starting Curtis McElhaney, if Mrazek isn't back on Sunday, go for it. Don't recommend it, though. <laughs> Uh, the Oilers, we already talked about it. The Wild, Alex Stalock should see one of the Sabres or the Blackhawks on Sunday. Uh, he's been solid this year. Obviously, the good Wild, the Wild, yeah, good matchup, good matchup and the Wild are a pretty good defensive team. Helps, uh, you know, limit maybe some of his actual talent deficiencies. Um, 
this is crazy, but the Devils have a back-to-back, so we're looking at Corey Schneider. Uh, probably still their backup at this point if he's available. He should see at least one start, but I would expect them to probably split uh, those, you know, a couple starts this week. We've got St. Louis has a back-to-back. Uh, three goals, three games, sorry, and four nights. Chad Johnson should see one, if not two starts, if they still want to stick with two. him. Uh, didn't look great on Sunday, but still. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs have a back-to-back in California. Garrett Sparks should start. I would I would assume Friday in Anaheim, pretty good matchup. Yeah. Uh, if you really want to roll with it, not the most faith in Sparks. Uh, but, no. again, we're talking about teams getting desperate. I don't really love just reaching for Sparks on a Thursday. Yeah, but um, I, you have to imagine at least run over the Ducks at 5v5 in that they game. They should, for sure. Uh, so you got to get like 60%, maybe more than that, chance of getting a win. Uh, if that's what you need at that point in the week. Yeah, if we're talking about it, uh, Miko Koskinen, obviously, as Beebs mentioned, is our favorite of the week. Uh, and I also, number two would be Alex Stalock on uh, either either uh, Saturday at home against the Sabres yeah. or uh, Sunday Hopefully in Chicago. Hopefully Sunday on the slower day. Yes, on, exactly. On um, so I like Stalock and Koskinen this week out of all those back-to-backs. But I think that's everything. I'm Brock Stegan. We got Beebs Bondi. got Dylan D. Berthy. We're closing out 100 boys. We'll see you guys back here next week, Tuesday. Don't forget to join our DraftKings contest tomorrow night. Uh, But do it early so I don't have to tweet it out 100 times, for Christ's sake. Just join it and play. I got screwed last week by a Jack Campbell assist. Bullshit. I was winning all day, and Jack Campbell's apple uh, pushed me down to third. But still, good time. We'll uh, we'll go for it again this week. Tuesday, 25 people contest, $5 entry. See you guys next week. Yeah. People are saying Jack Campbell's modern day out of bounds. Yeah, well, he's dead now. He tore his Achilles or whatever today. Meniscus, not Achilles. Meniscus. Rest in peace, Stanley. Baby, be my fire. Baby, be my flame. Baby, be the softly burning embers through December into June. are on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. 
you've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.